We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Podcast. I'm your host, Carlo Navas. Of your first place, I'm Heat. And with me today, producer, co-founder, Brian Goins. Say that one more time. Say that one more time. First what? First place in the Eastern Conference, Miami Heat. Uh, We're also bringing on... Kenny Spence, what's up, Kenny? What's up? What's up? Number How's one in the East with most of the Sioux Falls Sky Force. Gotta respect it. Sioux Falls Sky Force and Kyle Lowry sprinkle in a little bit, a little bit of Gabe, a little bit of uh, Max, a little bit of you know, just a teensy bit of Bam. You sound um, like Mama Number Five right now. <laughs> a little bit of Gabe in my life, a little bit of Caleb by my side, a little bit of Max Truce, all I need, a little bit of mechanic in the scene. <laughs> Um, hey, you kept it up. I gotta respect that. Listen, I could I could have kept going. I don't think Chad or anybody wants me singing. <laughs> so let's talk about where we are today in in respect to the season. Jimmy has missed 19 games. Bam has missed 26 games. Those are your those are your, uh, chat tells me please stop. <laughs> those, don't stop. No, start singing Pep. No, no, no. They are uh, <laughs> their two best players have missed 19 and 26 games respectively. Um, they're young, good player, right? Because because Bam is the young one, the one that was supposed to not get hurt. Heat are first place in the East. They survived a road trip that included Golden State and Phoenix back to back, right? Like they they've had these brutal stretches of they're gone for ten days on the road. They have played morbidly difficult parts of their schedule with everybody out, and that 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 doesn't just include Jimmy and Bam. That includes at the same time, you're missing Tyler. You're missing Gabe, right? Who came out was important. You're missing Duncan, right? You're you're playing Chris Silva a lot of minutes. <laughs> and if your picks up a third foul, you're like, oh God, what do we do? We don't even have checks notes, Udonis Haslam to play. <laughs> you know what I mean? We were we were in that that situation, Kenny. And for them, and, and it's it's so incredibly symbolic for them to not only claim first place by beating the Lakers who beat them in the finals. Jimmy also gets a triple double record franchise record from LeBron with LeBron on the floor. And they send the Lakers to below 500. Kenny, you can't, I know that people have a bad taste in their mouth because of the way the game ended, but that is, you cannot, you can't, you can't think of it better than that. You can't. And at the end of the day, it is the NBA, um, especially a LeBron team. They're not going to give up. So a run was to be expected in a sense. But I mean, listen, you got guys just stepping up over and over again, night after night. You don't know who it's going to be each night. Last night it was Duncan. At some at one point, Duncan was going toe to toe with LeBron. And I mean, you just got to respect that. And so. It, you just can't get more poetic than this. You got he struggled at times in the finals against them, 
and now just him and Jimmy taking shit over against them. Jimmy getting that triple-double record against LeBron and breaking a triple-double record against Russell Westbrook, which is going overlooked. That, that's and another so, good point, yeah. Yeah. And so, man, I'm, I don't know about you two. I don't know about the chat, but I'm on cloud now with the team. Uh, Brian, I, I agree. With, like that, you know, and they really fucked up the feeling last night because if they held on a lead, not that they had to win by 26 points, but if it was like a double digit, you know, if they restored order at one point during that Laker run, I think we all just feel a lot different, you know, at the end of that game. It was more of a that was close, right? Yeah. But I'm, I'm just happy they didn't blow it because, I mean, it's the same shit we saw in those two Utah games. Yeah. Pretty much the exact same script. Had they probably played an extra minute or two in regulation, shit might have been different. But they didn't. And we still pulled it off. And we got timely threes from two role players who have been playing excellent in the last pretty much week and a half between Duncan and PJ. So uh, kudos to them. I know Jimmy's pretty much... Uh, we'll probably get to Jimmy in a second. But yeah, Jimmy you know, had another stinker in the fourth quarter. But he still had a great game. Had the triple-double. Obviously, we talked about the record that he took from LeBron. I mean, I don't know what else you really want from him besides that crunch time, like, management. But, like, at the same time, like, he's playing without Tyler. He's playing without, you know, Lowry. It's kind of expecting a lot out of him to be able to handle all of that, like, ball handling and not really get into his spots as easy as he probably would like because teams are just switching everything he does. And they're putting, you know, multiple bodies on him so that he can't really attack the rim and draw easy contact fouls that he usually gets. So he's trying to go for those mid-ranges, those threes. We know he's not that great of a three-point shooter. We know he's okay at the mid-range, and he's very streaky at it, too. So, I don't know. I, I think uh, a lot of the stuff that we're complaining about Jimmy will get corrected um, just with the nature of getting Lowry and Hero back in the rotation. And I, mean, I, I, I do want to add to that also. I'm not too worried about him drawing the fouls and stuff like that because that is why they brought in Kyle again a lot of scoring would also go to Tyler. So while Jimmy is, I would say, the best in the league at drawing fouls, you also don't want the game plan to everybody become your 30-plus-year-old star getting beat up and going to the line. And so I get it. I would love for him to draw fouls, but I'm not too mad at these past few games where he's not really dominating at the free throw line. And I don't want today to be a day that we talk about what they did wrong in a game that they won yeah. and led by 26. We, I think it's very well documented, you know, their struggles in, in late game. I mean, Jimmy shooting 30% in, in clutch minutes, obviously not great. You need that number to go up. And there's built-in solutions to that, that we can get into on another day. Today's, today's not the day to do that. And anybody who wants to do that today is... You're, it's a little soulless and lifeless. Come on, lighten up. Let's let's be happy. Let's celebrate. This team, against all odds, got in, got into first place. And you know, guys, I don't think that that's like. It honestly feels a little bit like loser talk to celebrate first place, a first place seed in in late January, right before All Star break. Um, and I always point this out: the Clippers, uh, the Clippers that took the Warriors to sit games in the first round, they were the one seed by All Star break. Right. Or they were like once but, but around this time and they, they became the eighth seed. Right. So like a lot of stuff can happen from now to then. But the fact that they've withstood all these injuries in the hardest parts of their schedule is just I, I just look at it as such an organizational accomplishment, you know, from from honestly, the front office who has always leaned vet heavy to, to trust Gabe and Max and, and, and Caleb and to reward the guys that have been in their system with contracts when in the off season, we were like, why would you give these dudes money? And uh, every time, every time, why would you give these dudes money and, and, and longevity when you can use these roster spots for other things? And Gabe played incredible. Like Gabe and, and, and Caleb, Kenny, they look better than THT, right? Like, I don't even think it's a question, <laughs> right? And the Lakers are like, does anybody want THT and Kendrick Nunn? And everyone's like, no. No. But man, Gabe, Crazy. I have to. <laughs> I, I didn't get a chance to really give him his credit on hot last night. But man, Gabe Vincent on that defensive end is just, I don't even, I can't even fathom his improvement on that end. He's like stripping everything. And even if it doesn't lead to a steal, it's just that disruption, that mental toll of 
understanding you don't want to dribble around somebody being a guard it'll throw off the whole team obviously if you're a point guard you're trying to set the offense up and you're worried about this guy stealing the ball from you so he's I have to give Gabe Vincent credit with that he's playing then, better defense than Avery Bradley now like that's crazy yeah, like, we were expecting this shit from Avery Bradley last year and now we got like the younger version of him who can actually shoot yeah right? and he's just he's durable he doesn't miss, miss too much time I got to give all the credit in the world to Gabe Vincent because I don't think any of us expected all this yeah. coming into this season. I definitely didn't. I actually would like to stay for record on the podcast because I tweeted it out once before and I said, and I, I know others have said it too, but I did call Gabe Vincent not an NBA player. You did. I and said that boy, about Max. was I fucking wrong. I said that about Max. So that will listen. <laughs> so and I need to buy Vincent's jersey said it about now? Yurt. Alf said it about Yurt. I said it about Max and you said it about Gabe. We can all eat our L's. <laughs> And as far as Caleb goes, he was an afterthought when he got signed. We knew who he was in the sense we were just like, okay, they got this guy on a two-way deal. And he's been putting up – last I saw he was averaging 15 points as a starter. He's this two-way player I never thought he was going to be. He's knocking down threes, which he was never good at. And so this Heat organization, you got to give him credit. Usually it takes about a year for them to develop these guys, and they just got thrown into the fire. If, they, if this team would have crashed and burned, when things started going wrong, we would have all understood it. But we got these guys stepping up out of nowhere, completely unexpected, and out of the number one seed. So it is something to celebrate, I would say, right now. Even if it is January, I'm all in. Let's look at Spo for a second before we get into some of these other dudes. Uh, Chad has reminded me, Andy Ball says, uh, G, you said if Max is in your rotation, you're in a bad team. Um, somebody else said, uh, nah, G said Max. What Fig said said, nah, G said Max sucks. I did. I own it. I was wrong. I, bu- I bought the Max Truce jersey. Go get the jersey. Go get the jersey. I, I, I'll, get it in, I'll get it in a second. Uh, it's a little tight on me, but yeah. <laughs> um, let's, talk about, let's talk about Spo here because I think a lot of times coaches win awards because the media is like, okay, well, we didn't expect this team to be good. So, you know, like guys like, um, like Billy Donovan. Right or the Memphis coach, right or, or or teams like that typically are the ones that win the awards or like you know just overachievers, right? Mm-hmm. I think in I think a the Heat are overachieving because I don't think most people had them. You know I think most most people had them at a lot of some people had them at five. You know three to five in the East. I think most people had them. What Spo has done has been a consistent stylistic change on both sides of the ball depending on the personnel that's available for certain stretches. And I think when we talk about coach of the year, right, we're talking about, well, who coached the best, right? And what does that entail? And if you look at, you know, obviously the Heat had the adversity of the injury, but early in the season, it's like, we're switching everything. We're not running handoffs as much. We're going to be a heavy pick and roll team. We're going to get Jimmy as a roller and we're going to let Kyle and Jimmy kind of handle. Bam, you're not really playmaking as much anymore. I'm sorry. And that's how they were playing early in the season. We know the start six and one. They were blowing everybody out. Guys started to get hurt, come in and out of the lineup. I suppose like, okay, well, we've lost Jimmy for a little bit of time. Let's kind of transition from pick and roll to handoffs like we used to. Let's get more movement shooters in. Let's not have guys just stand in the corner like Ariza, like PJ. Let's have these guys move. You know, PJ set some hammer screens for, for Duncan to relocate. Let's let's move these guys in space to get them going because we don't have our dominant ball handling free throw machine, Jimmy. And on defense, they started to drop more. They started to organize their defense based on the personnel available. Caleb is doing point of attack defense. They'll drop and they'll have Caleb fight over screens and they'll do the same with Gabe. Uh, Caleb and Gabe together when they're on the floor, opponents are shooting like 32%, 33% from three. That's not an accident, right? It's, it's scheme. It's okay. These are the guys that we have. We used to switch that. Now we're going to drop and we're going to let those guys fight over screens. And, and Kenny, it's just been this constant change of style based on the necessity and the personnel. And you saw Bam's back, Jimmy's back. Let's mm-hmm. switch everything. We saw that Portland game lights out. That's coach of the year. And the thing we have to understand about that too, as far as the adjustments right on the fly, they're actually not really on the fly. We have to give Spo credit for they've been drilling this in practice the whole year. They had to have, or there would have been slip ups just, okay, Bam's out. 
immediately, okay, you're, you go in, we're dropping, or Deadman, you go in, we're dropping now. And so they've been prepared for this way ahead of time. I don't know if it's just in case or depends on the lineup or whatever the case is, but we have to give Spoke credit for that. And the league has spoke, the league has owed Spoke a coach of the year for about a decade. They, I said before, well, a few days ago, he kind of got knocked for coaching the big three, but I think that's a lot more challenging than maybe coaching a bad team because managing those egos, having a 25-year-old LeBron and a 20-whatever-year-old boss buy in on defense and become elite defenders when they didn't care before, they've all they've spoiled this award for over a decade, so he has to get it this year. The 30-11 and 11 season, I thought, was the year that he was for sure going to get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean Brian, he, he, he's just – he's tremendous. Right. And, and, and I feel like these guys, I know it's cliche that they, they are playing hard for him. You know, he, he has buy-in from literally one through 15, you know, not even the lineups, the, the weird lineups. I mean, they're playing PJ and, and Casey Paul at center. Right. So, so Brian, it's not even like he's getting creative with the personnel to like, okay, well, how can we juice five minutes out of this lineup while Kyle sits right. Or, or how can we, you know, it's just we can go on and on about everything that he's done right, but he's hit every note he's had to, and I think he's shown why he's the best coach in the NBA. They're they're pretty much outside of the Suns. They're one of two top teams in both in net rating for both defense and offense, right? Like mm-hmm. I think net, the Suns are top five. I think the Heater probably talks top six or seven. The Warriors in both categories out of that recently. Uh, well, yeah, they're they're in a shooting slump right now. Defensively, they're still great, but obviously, offensively with with um, Curry's slump, they're they're kind of falling out on that end of the floor. But uh, to suppose credit, like he's kept this on the float for the better part of two months. That whole month that Batman's out, I kind of thought that they were going to just hover around five hundred, and that was what I was hoping that they would do. The Bucks as well, by the way. It was a super very like that stretch that they had where they played all those games on the road. It it seemed very daunting to just like manage that situation. And on top of that, you had guys like PJ coming out. So you were relying on Omer. You're relying on Jesus Christ. You're relying on every guy that you could think of that wasn't getting minutes to start the season. And you, and this is what's great about this season. What's great about Spo is I had practically like we were thinking that the bench was going to be okay. Like not like bad, but we weren't sure we were going to get from Gabe, from Max, from Omer. We weren't sure we were going to get from any of these guys. Like we were just hoping that they could just like be serviceable players that we could just play so that we don't have to make any trades or sign a 15 guy and go over luxury tax. And look at where we're at now. We're even thinking about trying to bring on Caleb from his two-way contract so we can have him time for the playoffs. It's, it's remarkable. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy remar- what they're doing with this they have right now. The, Brian, they have the third ranked offense in the league behind Atlanta they're, and Utah. They're, they're ahead of the Nets, the Suns, the Hornets, and the Bulls on offense. In their half-court offense, the Heat are 11th. That part, to me, is the crazy part because all season and all offseason, we're like, well, this team is going to struggle in the half-court as they have. And they are up to yeah. 11th in half-court offense, which... What's even crazier is we don't even know what the best lineup on his team is yet. <laughs> Heading into the playoffs, we have only seen 17 minutes of our projected starting rotation of PJ, Bam, Jimmy, um, Tyler, Tyler. No, not Tyler. Duncan and and well, Lowry. That, that lineup has played more than 17 minutes. The, the, oh, okay, and then it's the other one with the one with Tyler. Either way, I saw that tweet. I was like, "That's fucking crazy. I can't believe that's true." And it is true. And if that's like that's the case, we have no idea what this team's going to look like heading into the playoffs. Still to this day, we so have no other- idea. The other thing that I think is interesting, so the starting the the project the actual projected starting lineup of Duncan, Bam, Jimmy, PJ, and Lowry, that that five man unit has played 185 minutes, so it's been substantial, but not uh, not a ton. Uh, they're plus nine per 100 possessions. The interesting part is their offense is a 108 offensive rating, defense is at 98, right? Incredible defense, offense subpar. They're shooting 29% from three in those minutes. A lot of that was early in the season, Duncan Robinson and Kyle Lowry struggled shooting the ball. When those, now that Duncan has, you know, done some soul searching and Kyle is not, you know, shooting sub 20%, not that Kyle is knockdown shooter right now, but, you know, he's not 
He's not actively sabotaging your he's, offense. He's league average right now because considering the way everyone's shooting around the league. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, he's, you know, and, and and by the way, he's still a guy that teams don't like to help off of. He still triggers a rotation. And it's not like Duncan where it's a fire drill where uh, Chef Trilly, shout out to Trilly, tweeted out that video of four Lakers running at Duncan Robinson uh, when they realized he was open because <laughs> when that guy catches the ball, it's a fire drill for defenses. That That unit's going to get a lot better. Right, and now that Duncan is back in the starting lineup, has asserted rotational dominance over, uh, over the white, over the Winter Soldier, <laughs> Max Cruz. Um, it's it's fun. It's interesting. They can only and the guys. The part that's insane is they're the number one team in the East, and they can only get better because they're gonna get healthy. That's the crazy part, Kenny. That's they're the gonna, part. Whatever move get the other teams. Yeah, I, I just yeah. go ahead, Kenny. I, I'm just thinking off the top of my head something that I'll bring up later. So they're gonna get healthy. Um, they're still not- that brutal part of the schedule is over. They survived that with the um, younger guys and the guys who aren't the stars. And now most of the games now are gonna be at home, and they've been great at home this season. And so I'm, I'm really excited to get into it. I'm expecting once they click, once like you said. Kyle and Duncan have their shots now. So, well, at least Kyle sort of. Once they get these this um normal lineup back, and they're at home in front of these in front of these fans who couldn't wait to see them all season. So it's going to be extra energetic in the arena. You have Caleb, Max, Gabe, and all these guys who stepped up in ways we never expected. They're all clicking. You obviously we haven't mentioned Deadman yet. You have that this mixture of all these things that can that can possibly go right, all at the right time, right after All Star break and heading into playoffs. I got high hopes. I, I have high hopes. hopes. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Heatburner says, how do we know we're going to be healthy? They're going to be healthy, G. Well, we don't. But you don't know anybody's going to be healthy. Do you know that Do you know that Brooklyn's going to be healthy? Do you know that Chicago's going to be healthy? Do you know that Milwaukee's going to be healthy? We don't know. We don't know. But you assume that guys get over, you know, the bad injuries. And once they're back, they're, you know, most guys don't have two injuries in a season that, I mean, you never know, right? But, I mean, like, what's the point? If, if you're just going to assume that everyone's going to be hurt, you know, what's the point of doing any of this? You know what I mean? Like, I don't like those kinds of questions because it's like, well, we don't know, but what are we going to talk about? <laughs> How are we going to discuss the team? You know, I don't oh. know. Most teams that might, but like once you get deeper to the playoffs, guys play through stuff that they wouldn't in the regular season and, and stuff like that. So, you know, we, we don't know. Right. But I mean, you know, you, you, you just, you just kind of assume, right. So, you know, hopefully they can get Kyle back. Hopefully everything's okay with Kyle and, and whatever's going on in his life, you know. I, I heard, I, I'm not saying sources, but there is someone that may or may not work for the Heat that sort of leaked that it's it's more of a maintenance thing and not really anything serious on his, like, family or anything like that. That this is kind of a way, because obviously Bam came back and literally that same day, Bam came back is when they kind of shut Lowry down or he... I don't know yeah, if I believe that. Reason. I mean, but he, 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 it just seems very coincidental that that was the time that he kind of took this this whole week off. But either know. way, that that is great news. He has, if anybody deserves a break, it's Kyle Lowry this I mean, season. They just say so. that Kyle Lowry knee inflammation, you know, Kyle Lowry sore back. 
you know, and they're not, it's not like they've played like national TV games. So, you know, I, I don't yeah. see why they would do that. I mean, I, 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 don't I, I really think it's maintenance right now for him. Okay. Well, you know, because he took a lot of, he was playing like 38 minutes every night. He was that one of the leaders. The was he was one of the league. The only people that played more minutes than him were were Raptor players because Nick Nurse is a psycho <laughs> playing six guys in November. Uh, some chat says someone said his wife gave birth. I don't. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate what's going on with Kyle. Hopefully things are are good and okay with him. But that's true. I mean, he did go also to an Eagles game. So did he? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, he went to the playoff game. But I mean, <laughs> do you remember? I'm not kidding. This is a funny story. There was a time when uh, Brian, myself, Christian Hernandez, uh, Troppy Baby, uh, and and everyone's partners, we went to dinner at KYU and at Wynwood. And the thing, the next day, the Heat, the, the Heat traveled that day to play some road game. I don't know. And uh, they said Ryan Anderson not leaving personal reasons. And then Ryan Anderson was behind us at KYU and Christian just goes to kind of taps us on the shoulder. He goes, personal reasons is sitting behind us. I go, <laughs> can we find that picture? Can we, can we pull up that picture? Uh, I, I'll, I don't have my phone. I, I have, I have it. Uh, can I send it to you as an iMessage and pull it up? Yeah. You can do that. Um, but yeah, Brian Anderson, personal reasons was at KYU enjoying a very nice dinner. Shout out to KYU. I like the, I like the, the burn duck ends. Shit's good. Um, so, you know, like I said, Miami's going to get better. I think the half-court offense being at 11th this season is surprising. I wonder, I guess the big question is, I wonder how that looks when they're not playing this, you know, utopian um, style of pass, cut, move basketball that they did when everyone was out. And I think that, I think there's legitimate questions, Kenny. You know, mm-hmm. they get guys back, you know, Bam and Jimmy need touches. The offense isn't as, I mean, listen, in the regular season, it just works to have a lot of dudes who can shoot the ball and a point guard who knows what the fuck they're doing and a bunch mm-hmm. of dudes that play hard and play defense, and you're just going to win a fuck ton of games, right? And that's the kind of thing that they've created. And as you incorporate Jimmy... But like you see in that first half against the Lakers, we saw what the offense can look like. So I'm not too concerned, yeah. but you know, I, I think there's legitimate questions. On, okay, how does this team look when those guys, when everyone's reincorporated? Not even so, talking about Vic and, and, and Keith. We can get into that in a second, but like just Jimmy and Bam and Kyle. And so I think there is a little bit of concern just because Jimmy does tend to ISO at times, but the luxury that he have is their two star players are past first players in a sense. So Jimmy may ISO at times, Bam may get into that post at times, but they both also love to play mate. And so I think if spoken say just, all right, trying to move the ball out, I don't think they'll have any issue with that. It'll be an adjustment, obviously, with the lineups, but I'm not concerned with it, really. I'm not either. I I understand that there's, like, legitimate questions. I do think that, you know, playing two guys that don't shoot is something that is not... um, How do I say this? How do I say Yeah, not ideal for this kind of style that got them up to third in offense. Right. And those guys, I think, are more suited for playoff basketball. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not concerned, but I, I do think it's it's something that we should a, a, a address. Yeah. Um, yeah, they can address it. It'll be um, definitely something to look at. But. I mean, you do have, like you said, like we both said before, Duncan's back to what he looked like previously and Kyle's. Not he's never been like this amazing knockdown shooter, but he's been knocking down a good amount of shots. Hey, so so it won't be 40%. as amazing. <laughs> yeah. So it won't be as amazing as the um Max and Duncan lineups, which are still gonna happen at times, but they'll be able to it, they'll look better than they did before Bam and Jimmy started to go out. I'm curious on how the Keith and Oladipo incorporation works, because you know. I think Markeith played really, really well for them, you know, prior to getting hurt. I I thought, you know, he was a guy that helped them, you know, defensively. I thought he was a dude that gave them a different look at center, um, a kind of a a more of a willing shooting center, which is Mm -hmm. good for some of their lineups. I thought him and Dedman together, really good. A 126 offensive rating, um, you know, in 70 minutes, you know, plus 10 net rating. 
defense, a little questionable. Uh, not and that has nothing to do with unlucky three point shooting because their opponents are shooting thirty six percent from three. So you know, two big guys. You know, sometimes you, you get some, you 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 allow some mistakes. But you know, they were playing really well with Keith before he got hurt. Now you know you found something with kind of Caleb and Jimmy as patchwork backup four minutes, right? And, and some like I, I like those looks for them. I don't know how I feel about it in the playoffs. That's the part that's, I think, the most complicated and problematic is do you trust Caleb as a backup four in the playoffs? I do. I've gone to the point that that's what I'm riding with. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, and, and, and he burner says Keith doesn't fit in the rotation. I tend to agree with that, but I think that is a big question as, okay, what is their backup four minute total going to look like in the playoffs? And so I think Markeith has a better chance of getting back in the rotation just based on matchups. They may not need somebody flying around as much as Caleb or Caleb. I've said before, you can plug him in at pretty much any position and he'll do what needs to be done. Oladipo is where I'm a little, I don't, it's going to be a little tougher for him because Gabe has been doing everything we wanted Oladipo to do. And he's been doing a great job at it. And so He'll have a tougher time getting back in a rotation than Markeith does. Markeith, like I said, you may not need that speed or athleticism against certain guys. So Markeith will be able to get plugged in at some point and prove his importance to the team again. But it may, it may be a little difficult for Oladipo. And I understand Oladipo has the name and the past and all those things. But like I said, right now, he was brought in to play defense, that point of attack defense make a few shots here and there, get to the basket, and Gabe has been doing a great job of all those things. And so he may have a little tougher of a time. Brian, I, I don't know where you are with this, but like, you know, by the way, shout out to Daywalker242 for the for the sub. Appreciate that. Love you. Um, I think that's the biggest question going into the, the trade deadline is, you know, this, by the way, there's been two bigs that the Heat have been linked to. You know, we reported uh, a couple shows ago that the Heat – inquired about Larry Markadon, who I think is hurt now, right? I believe he has some He's sort of injury. Hurt. Yeah, so I know that the Heat called Cleveland about that. And then uh, somebody, I don't know who reported the the Christian Wood thing. So it, it's strange to me that they're interested in finding another big who can shoot um, when they found success the other way. <laughs> right, Brian? I don't know. I kind of think it'd be good for them to get just one more piece and, and in a way kind of maybe consolidate the KZ contract and one of the other minimums to go well, after. No, because then you're Duncan leaves in those deals. So you're, Oh no, no, know, I'm not going for a big salary. I'm looking no, but for like, that, but what salary. I'm asking is, is to like these like bigs that they're linked. Oh to. no, 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 not, um, um, the Christian Wood, Larry marketing thing, I think. And, and it's something that we already speculated in our own chat. It's just the heat, just trying to see what the market is out there. If they ever want to move Duncan one day. And I don't think they're really trying to actively um, trade him at the moment. That contract's too small. Well, I guess Duncan's at 18, right? Duncan's at 15.5 right now. Okay. So yeah. So I mean, Christian's making 13.6. So yeah, that, yeah. that fits rather nicely and unrestricted for agent in 2023 which conveniently is when the Tyler Hero extension yeah. will kick in. So, and in a way, it's also giving you know, like insurance once PJ eventually probably gets out of the starting rotation. I mean, obviously, I still want him to start this year. I don't think they should mess with that rotation now, but it could be someone that they target in the future should you know they want to go in a more youth move into pair, you know, bam with a stretch four. That's, that's around his timeline. You know, that's of all the guys I can think of. Yeah, Christian Wood probably would be one of those guys that could make sense um, with Bam and, and and Hero as your, you know, as your future. But at the moment, if you're trying to win a championship, I don't, bringing in Christian Wood kind of makes no exactly. sense because just yeah, no. what was working for you so much with having PJ as your as your stretch four and and all the defensive rotations that they've been doing, all the it it, it just makes no sense to bring in someone that sure he might be a better natural scorer. But is he really going to be better on the defensive end than PJ? No. And honestly, from what I've seen from him, he's not a great defensive player. So it it just seems like you're going on the 
the other end of the spectrum where he's already good offensive team. You just want that defense to stay at at the level they're playing now or even get better. And it should get better once they get Kyle Lowry back in rotation because you already got two of your top you know, three defenders back finally. And you can see what's going on every night now that they're holding teams almost to 100 per game. You just want that to kind of stay the way it is and the offense should still be good as long as that shooting continues to you know, do its job. Um, so, I, I understand them wanting to find another big for Embiid. I think after after the Simmons uh, episode, he's been a little bit harder for Miami to defend. Yeah. Right. It, it, the doubles used to be very easy and they're not so easy anymore. And I think you saw, you know, in that last game, you know, if you leave Embiid one on one, especially without Bam, it's it's going to be. I mean, Bam, I don't think I think legitimately Bam doesn't have the size to defend Embiid. I think you you got to help. You got to send help. And what happens is you leave Seth and all these guys. And with Ben, it was easier because, you know, that was in, that was a quick double because where Ben would be on offense. And, you know, it, it, Embiid is turnover prone. So in a shrunk court where you don't have to worry about one dude, you know, those, those reads become easier to kind of get deflections and stuff. Would make hey, sense. For I'm them. not scared of. I'm not scared of. Him no, I'm not him. either. I'm just wondering what. I'm just. I'm trying. They to blew understand. them out at their home floor. Sure, they had a comeback too in that game, but they were blowing them out pretty much the entire game with Gabe Vincent. That's no. I, that's fair. For me, I look. The thing that makes the most sense is how can they decrease the money on? How could they get out of the Duncan contract sooner for the Tyler extension? To me, that's what it's all about. For them. And, and, and when I look at these deals for marketing, for for Wood, you know, and Wood is a guy that it's not like you're paying Wood in the 20s, right? You're paying Wood 14 or, or, or whatever. Yeah. You know, you can bench him against, you know, the Nets, right? You don't have to. He's, I mean, I, I think the thing with them is against the Bulls and the Nets, it's going to be difficult to play two bigs. And that's been my thing consistently. Maybe against Milwaukee, you can get away with it a little bit depending on the lineups that they play and depending on Brooks' health. But I mean, even when they go Giannis at the five, you know, you have Bam and 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 another big, it becomes a little bit more difficult to defend. I think you can probably put, you know, whatever the screener would or, or market and kind of play up high at the level and have Bam kind of play free safety behind that with Jimmy, which is a good look. But, you know, you, you give yourself a couple more soft spots when guys have shooters and they run handoffs and things like that. So. I get the ideas and there's something very similar about these contracts that they've been in talks for, you know, they, they give flexibility in 2023, which is again, the Tyler extension, which I think would, would indicate that they plan to keep him and offer him money uh, as he deserves. So, you know, their cap sheet's a bit of a mess. Uh, but the thing of, is they don't have to make this trade now. No, they, yeah, don't. they don't. They, they still have, they have to pretty much two years to make this move. So they're just seeing what the market is out there for a guy like Duncan. That's what's happening. And I can only expect it to get better as he continues to shoot the way he is right now. So it would, make, it would make zero sense for them to move him right now when they're still trying to contend for a title. And they need, they need him. Yeah. I don't think yeah. Heat fans realize how like necessary he is for a lot of factors. Like They need him because they need those... They they need the spacing for Jimmy and Bam to operate. The screening, the spacing. And, and with Duncan, we saw the last two games against Atlanta. It was him who brought them back with his shooting, and against the Lakers, it was him who kept the lead with his shooting. And so I think people kind of underestimate the importance of shooting at times with the specialists like a Duncan or like in the past JJ or Kyle Korver. You can say they only do this certain thing, but it is their job. When you need a three, when you need a few threes, when you're down. 12 with three minutes left and you just have to get some stuff up there. Duncan is one of the best in the league at that. And so I would say the grass isn't always greener and just appreciate what we have. I, for one, and by the way, Kirtland asked why was a market and injured? Yeah, he is. But I mean, he's I, I, an ankle. Yeah, yeah, I'm just reiterating what we had reported yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Kind of, you know, these are the kinds of guys that they've looked at. And I, I, can, think- I can, can I can throw out another name. Uh, sure. Look out for Batum. And it's not like a secret that the Heat like him. I mean, we've reported this back in free agency. Like, he was one of the guys that the Heat were tossing the mid-level exception. They were tossing out to, like, at least three dudes that we know of. It was, obviously, PJ is the one that signed it. But they were throwing it out to PJ. They were throwing it out to uh, Batum. And then the third guy was Portis, Bobby. That's the third time they've tried to get Batum. (laughs) 
Yeah, uh, the Heat like him. They like these dudes. I mean, obviously they wanted to Bro, get Mark. Pat doesn't too. give up on a guy. When Pat likes a guy, he'll fucking keep going for ten yeah. years. He gets him. And obviously, we knew that they were trying to get after Lowry and PJ. You know, before the trade deadline. You remember so. they were trying to get Lowry the year LeBron left. Yep. So they've always like they've always like they're when they like a guy they get fixated on him. So I think that's a name we could look at. And his contract is only three million this year. It's a very small cap hit. It fits within the trade. Um, if you want to trade like two guys, it could be a guy as simple as, I mean, I know we were talking about Marquise and how he could help contribute, but you have no idea how healthy he's going to be coming back from that injury. I mean, we've seen his, his injury history is pretty murky the way it looks like if it's a nerve issue, yeah. you might have to shut him on the rest of the year and you're, and you're basically down another guy because UD's not playing in the postseason pretty much. And then you have no idea if Victor's really going to come back or not from his injury. So I think it could make sense for them to maybe move Markeith if they don't feel comfortable having him come back in time before the end of the season. And then also you have a guy like KZ who's not going to get minutes. And I think they're pretty right. much almost done with that experiment. Like they've pretty much found the guy to replace him. Yeah. They, they found Caleb. Caleb basically is what they wanted KZ to be. Yep. So he has no like spot on this roster anymore. I know they spent three second round picks on him. But a guy like Batum could fit in great as a backup forward. He doesn't have to play minutes. He could just be like a breaking case of emergency glass. Like if PJ goes down, he's your guy that slides in as your backup four should shit go down. Like that, that's the beauty of getting someone like Batum at his like small contract. And I can trust him in the playoffs because he was great last year for, for the Clippers when they made their Western Conference title run. So, I don't and, really. And there's something to be said about. Um, so, you know, who's having an amazing year at the four for the Clippers, Marcus Morris. And so I don't know if they need Batum as much anymore. Marcus and so, has a bigger contract. That becomes difficult. Yeah, the only way they can get him is if they move Duncan. So that's that's where I'm at. Like, if I want to keep Duncan, but you still want to get no, like no, a no, no, no. four. So, oh, I'm saying, no, Mar- Marcus can stay over there. I'm, I'm saying he stays there. over there, and then you have Marquise over there also and you can bring back Batum or however I, I just don't, don't really I don't really see why but I, I don't see any moves happening this year anyway it would be for a trade pick G they, they would have to either toss in a second or a first round pick which they, they do have, have they can they have they have a pick that they could send the it's second? gonna be a conditional pick it ain't gonna be like something that's gonna be like oh it's gonna be guaranteed that they'll get like it has to be a like that's the only way they can send it more likely it have to be probably a first round pick I think to make that move I would not do that for a first round pick I think I about it. I, I would think, think about they, it. I don't, and I, I guess this is all to say, I really wouldn't touch this team. I think yeah, I wouldn't. If, there's, uh, if there's a consolidation trade for someone like Barnes, I think you take it. I don't really see that happening. And if not, I, I think this team is playing too well. They have, there is, you know, there is something special. And I said this, Kenny, in preseason. And anybody watching kind of knew, oh, wow, this is, no, this is, this, there's something here. Mm-hmm. And at times they feel like it just at times it feels like that. And again, it's just fucking Portland, right? It's it's just the Blazers. <laughs> and Nikaya said, if I remember Nikaya's tweet, if this was with the Blazers, I would tweet something reckless about the heat because mm-hmm. there are times that that team looks like when they're optimized, when they're at their peak and they're optimized, you're like, Oh fuck. They can, they can beat anybody. Right. And I think we've seen them go into, almost every good team's building and either mm-hmm. win the game or put the fear of God into them. You know, like the Warriors, you know, when even though Jimmy went down, you know, the Clippers, you know, when they were healthy and playing really, really well without Jimmy, you know, Kyle really mounted that comeback. You know, you go into Utah's building and you're leading by 30, right? You go into, you go into the, the leading best team in the league, Phoenix, and you absolutely blow them the fuck out in their building. You know, Dallas, when Dallas started off really hot, they go into that building and they blow them out. You know, you, you, you've gone into Chicago and Brooklyn and you've blown those teams out. So you have something really special right now. And I don't think touching it and trading it and trying to split the baby yeah. is something that you do. You know, I, I saw a tweet today and it said it was about Aaron Rodgers and, and the, the, war, the KD Thunder that, you know, Rodgers won the Super Bowl and everyone's like, well, he'll, he'll have chances for more. And Rodgers might not play another game for the Packers, and he's only made one Super Bowl. And with the KD Thunder, right, the KD Westbrook, Harden Thunder, they never made the finals again, right? You lose, you lose to LeBron and Dwayne and Bosh, and they never get another chance. Steph comes in, 
and runs the league. And, and they, as close as they got, they never got back to the finals. And Kenny, when you're win, you know, sports is cruel. And when yeah. you have a window, you have to be very fucking careful with it. And I think when you try to, you know, plan for a future extension, right? And you're like, well, how can I shave a couple of dollars off so that three years down the line I have? I don't think that that's conducive to winning a title. And right. what you have now, I think they know and we know is good enough. And when that yeah. window's open, you got to fucking take care of that shit because you don't know when you'll get another one. And I think, um, like you're saying, they just can't really touch this team. It's too, first of all, the chemistry. And then when you talk about Brooklyn, when you talk about Milwaukee, the Heat have bodies and they have elite defenders at just about every position. So they can just play around with a lot of different things. And I wouldn't say you're not going to stop a KD, but they just have so many defenders they can throw at anybody. I don't see too many teams having an easy time getting the heat out of there. And so you don't want to even upset PJ by bringing in a four for the future, especially, and I said this earlier online too, PJ is actually a lot younger in NBA NBA years than he seems because he was out of the league for five years. So yeah, he's 36 years old, but that wear and tear, this five years of wear and tear that he had. But he has Mike D'Antoni wear and tear too, though. Yeah, I don't know. It's not that's not as bad as Tibbs wear and tear. Well, that's that's what we have in Jimmy. <laughs> double <Yeah>. Tibbs, double <laughs> Tibbs. But PJ basically yeah. was just like stretched on the floor for half the possessions, and then like the other half, he actually was doing. The something. other half, they made him guard centers, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> that was like half a year. No, he did that a lot. <laughs> no, I don't think that yes, was true. They switched everything, and he was just. He did a lot of playing five and guarding fives. You know, they, they, I, I say they definitely shouldn't touch this team right now, especially this team Their is first gelling. Place. That, yeah. I, and, I, I still like my Batum trade. I think that's the only one I would it. like to make. But that's but, the only and, one I would like to make. That's the only thing but, that we talked about in the offseason. In the offseason, fine. Because I, I think legitimately the only things that you could be like, I'm a little concerned about right now is, you know, in terms of roster construction is okay, like what's their backup? power forward rotation looking like. And I've, I'm fine with Caleb. I'm there. I'm there. I'm because Caleb and Jimmy do it together. Right. And I'm, I'm not trying to find anybody to take Caleb's minutes away. I'm just not doing that. I think he's earned it. He's been terrific. He's young. He's springy. Don't take that away. Don't, don't do anything to take that away. And maybe it sounds ridiculous about Caleb Martin but he has been one of their best two-way guys. Makes And Kenny, I say this all the time. He makes plays at the rim on both ends. And that's yes. just something you just don't find. He does it like on offense. He'll make something out of nothing at the rim. And on defense, he does the same. Because they have not had these athletic, springy guys. That, I don't know. That guy's fucking awesome. Don't fuck with that. Just leave the team. Yeah. Unless there's like, again, unless you're getting like a legit like grade A difference maker, leave it alone. Your yeah. margins are fine. And with Caleb, you just got to look at his skill sets. There's no real such thing as a fluke on defense. So what we're seeing right now from him, that's who he is. He's been shutting down star players. He, Whichever Hawk, they played the Hawks 17 times a season, but whichever game that was where he shut trade down, Spoken just tell him, okay, that guy's too hot right now. You see Caleb come in every time a team is on a run, that run stops instantly. And those are things you can't teach. Those are things you can't just easily replace. And especially on his contract right now, I wouldn't be looking to replace him. Just let him go. You're getting so much value out of him. I would say just leave that alone and worry about the rest of it later. But it's like you're saying, it's difficult to find a guy like that. I would only counterpoint to this, and this is why I told G in our private chat. We don't know what he's going to look like in the postseason. I know we're like seeing all of the the fruits of him on defense and offense right now, you know, in the regular season. But she gets different in the postseason. We we know some guys either step up or some guys don't step up to the plate. Um, I'm just afraid that one or two of these guys just don't perform like we expect them to. And we don't have anyone else to kind of fill that role. That's fine. Like if, 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 if one or two of these guys, if, if let's say Gabe isn't playing well in the playoffs, that's fine. You just take his minutes away and Kyle plays more 
and yeah. and you have you know your your three hit you know you have Tyler and Duncan and like you that that's solvable that's the easiest one and if Caleb doesn't play well it's a little bit of the same you can go into Keith you know you can you can I mean you can play Caleb a couple minutes right you play Jimmy more minutes at the four you know you can go a little smaller or you can go a little bigger with Markeith. Like they have options that I'm like, yeah. okay, they, they I guess six. that's the, that's the thing. Like, I guess we don't really know what their playoff rotations. They have like. too many they, guys. They played eight. Guys they played eight during the well. finals. Because I was looking at those box scores and I think the eighth guy was only playing like 15 minutes a game at max. seven and a half. Cause Olenek would like play and then not play. And it was really, weird. and then, yeah, they, they tried out DJJ during like the Pacers series and he didn't really do anything. And even in the, a little the, bit the, in the Bucks series. Yeah, yeah, but those, a lot of a lot of that was was unfortunate matchups. You don't really want Kelly out there against those Laker teams. So I'm just they trying to no figure out like what. Yeah, and I guess wasn't. To G's point, I guess yeah. I do see what you're saying. Like you just bump up the guys that you know you can pretty much count like Jamie, like Bam, like um, a normal team, like Kyle. Lowry. Yeah, like those three guys play forty, like you know, thirty eight minutes and and then you know you just whatever if you got to buy two minutes, I, I just I just don't see it. You know, and I use this example a lot. Kenny, do you remember those Heat Pacer series from the Big Three when George Hill would sit and DJ Augustine yeah. would come in? The Heat were like, "We need." Use, use, wait, 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 well, because wait, it's on. a great example. No, no, no. I'm just. Example. I just want to tell the audience. G probably has used this example about <laughs> ten fucking times throughout our 400 episodes it, it of is, doing Heat. It is like the standout example of like. That dude, you can't even because the Pacers couldn't even buy two minutes with DJ Augustine on the floor. And I don't, I just don't think that he have any, these guys are just, they're not going to just fucking fall face first and be like, we literally can't play this guy. Like, I don't think it'll ever be that bad. If those guys don't hit shots or whatever, that's fine. Maybe your offense stinks and you try to buy a couple minutes on defense, but like, it's never going to be like that where you're just like, I can't, I cannot sit George Hill because if the second George Hill hits the bench, they're going to score 10 points in a minute and a half and the game's over. Like it's just never going to be that bad for them. So it's why I love, I'm not concerned about their rotation because I just don't think that they have a dude that they're going to put out there and they're just going to lose the game in those minutes. Like the Sixers do right when Embiid sits and when whatever Bozo comes and backs them up, they always lose those minutes in the playoffs. Right, and whoever the fuck, whether it's Dwight or fucking Harry Shoulder Drummond or whoever the fuck was there before, like, what you and that Bozo this year is Drummond, so I don't I know, yeah, that at all. So, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just, um, Heat, I'm just not worried. Yeah, the Heat have so many versatile guys. So let's say Gabe does go in there, he's struggling with his playmaking. All right, just let him play off the ball and have Jimmy do the playmaking for Bro, that. Just fucking unit. spot up, and somebody's gonna yeah. You bam, playmakes a little more. You know what I mean? Jimmy yeah. playmakes a little more, and just this spot team up. is is built perfectly into a T to um to contend for a championship. And so there are gonna be concerns here and there, but I don't think there's anything that's gonna be difficult to really solve. They have the best coach in the league, and I just trust yeah. them to figure stuff out. So if if stuff doesn't go well, and that's why, like I, I don't think they need to. And I think when you have a great coach, you're afforded a little bit more leeway in terms of personnel. That you know, I think a lot of times your solution is personnel. When mm-hmm. you know you can have an in-house solution with the coach expo. So don't touch the team. They're in first place. They're like we've said. I think we've covered a lot. They're gonna get. They're only gonna get better. They have the best coach in the league. You know. When Jimmy's right, he plays at an MVP level. You know, when mm-hmm. he's not, we see the 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 oscillation. Kenny and I and Brian, I, Brian, actually, I think you might uh, like this too. I was I was texting. I don't know if it was Brass or Alex, and I said he fans are really spoiled because Wade and LeBron, Prime Wade and LeBron, didn't have off nights. If Dwayne and LeBron right. had an off night, you know, they still have twenty points. You know what I mean? When Jimmy has an off night, it looks awful because Jimmy's not Dwayne and LeBron, right? Dwayne and is a top 25 basketball player who ever lived. And LeBron is, you know, top five, right? So I think Heat fans are just used to their star player never being bad. And when Jimmy has a bad night or two, they're like, oh, brother, this guy stinks. <laughs> and it's just, they're brats. <laughs> but we here's one thing I will give them. But here's one thing I will give them, and this is something the I really want. Are... No, no, to to the whole Jimmy criticism. This is the only thing I'll give them. 
before I fucking die, I like to see one Jimmy Butler highlight in the clutch. Like that's like a game winning three pointer or like a mid range. Like we had the final stuff, sure, but like I need more. Every time I look up a fucking YouTube video of like Jimmy Butler clutch highlights, they're all in fucking different jerseys. I need more <laughs> of that heat shit. But I mean, I get the point there. I get it. But as far as the um, Jimmy having a bad game, this team actually is weird as it may sound. They can afford it. They can afford it. We saw what happened when he had part of the worst game I've seen him play in a heat uniform in, in Atlanta. Duncan started hitting shots. There's going to be times where Bam, we set, when Bam also stepped up in that game. So this team, although it would be great and it would be ideal for Jimmy to not struggle, and he typically doesn't struggle for too long. They can afford it. This team can afford it. They're great. I, I'm I'm excited as to what's next, and um, they, you know, they have a legitimate chance to make a finals in an Eastern Conference set. And I've said this a bunch. I'm not scared of Brooklyn. I'm not scared of Milwaukee. And I'm not scared of Chicago. And I'm sure that those teams look at Miami and they're like, "Wow, well, who cares about Miami, right?" Like, I'm I'm sure that every I'm sure that I, each of those fan bases are saying the same thing today. You know, yeah. whatever Brooklyn's, you know, whatever glue guys. Uh, I don't know what the Phoenix spot is. I, mean, I don't know what the, the, the oh, the, well, the, the Euro step and uh, and then uh, what's the other team? Uh, I don't know what the, the Bulls cash considerations, right? I don't know. <laughs> those podcasts aren't, you know, they're probably having the same conversation. No, those teams uh, are scared of the heat. Yeah, Cartelliano says, are you scared of Cleveland? G? Absolutely. I don't want anything to do with them. I want Cleveland as far away from me as possible. I don't want to see, I don't want to see Darius Garland. I want to see Jared Allen. I don't want to see any of those people. I'd rather play the Warriors in round one. I don't want to play Cleveland. I don't want to see Cleveland. I don't want anything to do with Cleveland. I want, I just, I want them in, in a different conference. I just don't want to see them this year. I'd rather play anybody else. I swear to God. I'd rather play Toronto. I'd rather play Toronto. I'd rather, I'd rather play Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Chicago, back to back to back than play Cleveland. I'm not even joking. Did you not see that Toronto game though? Come on. Something like a death, that was if a death heat, match. If the Heat and the Raptors, that would be a fun series, though. If the Heat and the Raptors play, someone's gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> like, and that's when you—that's when you'll fucking need Nick Batum. Someone's gonna <laughs> die, and it's gonna be like an accident. You know, somebody's <laughs> arm's gonna get caught on a rebound, and like somebody's limb is gonna be hanging from the. It's gonna be bloody. It's gonna be awful. You know, Nick Nurse and Eric Spolstra may need to. Chris Quinn may need to play. Because they just, you know, there's so many people. I don't want. I, yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a bloodbath. Um, <laughs> but, but this to, to to your point, I think the circle back to what we start off the show. Like here, number one seed. Now, if they keep this up, they're pretty much almost guaranteed like an easy path where they only yeah. have to play one of either Milwaukee or Brooklyn to get to the NBA Finals. And, and if that's the case, now. that's Go way ahead. better than the situation they were in. Last year, where they had to pretty much play Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and I'm missing the other team. I can't think about the top of my head, but those three teams in order to make it to the finals. Like if they don't have to play one of them, this team's pretty set up to like get there the same way they were there two years ago. That's why the one seed's so important. And I and I think that you know you get the 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 easier play in matchup, which I think is big for an older team, you know, let them, you know, kind of ease it. You know, you don't want to be round one in a fucking dog fight you know, against the Sixers or against Cleveland, right? Especially a hungry team like the Cavs or a team like the Sixers who have, you know, a legit MVP. Not that I'm scared of the Sixers, but it's just, you don't want to, if you don't have to put yourself in that situation, you don't want to. So, you know, win the games you got to win, you know, win the games against bad teams, you know, get a, get a New York or a Boston in round one, some, some bad team. And, uh, and you go from there. So I'm excited. I just, I know that we ran a little long today, but, you know, it's again, I cannot stress enough what an organizational and institutional accomplishment it is for them to have achieved first place, given every fucking thing that's happened to them. It, it was when Bam went down, when the hand thing happened, everyone's like season over. That was the initial response. It was like season over. Jimmy got hurt the next day. It was, it was like it was the fucking world was on fire. Because if and that half the team gets COVID too, like right after yeah. that, and they weren't like in second place, they were like in fourth place at the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're just like they were only like two and a half games above the play-in, right? So you're just like, 
okay, well, this is going to go sideways, and now they're going to have to fight out of the plan, right? Because it's just going to be Kyle and a bunch of dudes, right? And then we were all like, well, Kyle's going to get hurt in this stretch, <laughs> you know, because it's Nats. So what else? They were playing him 30 minutes. So, again, the fact that they just came out of that with the one seed is fucking outrageous because look what happened to Chicago when they lost a couple guys. Yep. Look what happened to Brooklyn when they lost a couple guys. When Miami lost a couple guys, they got better. They figured shit out. They soul searched. Now they hold the top fucking spot in the conference. You cannot, I cannot stress enough what a great accomplishment that is. Trust us. 